It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, where that journey begins. We are here, Paranormal on Radio, in the dark. You have reached us with the hosts, with the most, Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. Of course, which with one our... of us is which one of us is the host with the oh, most? Or is it you, both of, of us? course, you, of course. That's uh, right. You know. Boom, chakalaka, uh-huh. I know how to answer those questions. That's and of course, right. our lovely producer Cheryl. Years. Thank you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I know better. Thank you. No. <laughs> and then and then you got Chad in the background. Bad Chad, but you know he's okay. waiting. Hello. Hello. So yeah. You'll hear Chad in like five minutes when the delay gets to him. <laughs> he just waved. He just waved now. I got it. Delayed. <laughs> got it. Okay. There we go. Oh my god. So, so yes. hey, we have yeah. our guest tonight. We're we're doing something different. We're talking cryptids, right? Yes, it's Jessica Freeberg and Natalie Fowler, authors of Monsters of the Midwest, True Tales of Bigfoot, Werewolves, and Other Legendary Creatures. But they are right. paranormal investigators, too. So could excited about guys. that. No, I want to talk about something different. Why no? I'm just saying they're just paranormal investigators, and they do. But what they do, which I think is cool, because you might want to touch on it, is because they all go out as writers to research for a book, and then they wind up investigating, too. So it's kind of a cool mix. So Well, but, that's yeah. what I did. That's how I that's how I started. Yeah, I want. To, yeah, but I want to talk werewolves. I, I mean, we talk I about want to talk about all of them. All so, right. um, hey Cheryl. Hey. We have a little <laughs> bit of an announcement. Yeah, yeah. Let's do. Let's announce. Let's make some announcements. One in particular. We here at Paranormal Underground Radio have been around for quite some time now. We just we're talking about it. Nine years this month. Can you believe that? Nine years. Wow! Um, and we've loved it. We've we've been a pod. We started as a podcast, and then we were a live show. And what we're gonna do? We're making some changes. We're changing it up a little bit. Um, we are going to actually be ending the live show. But don't fear. We will be do around. Do not despair. We do not despair. We will be around. We will be doing a podcast version of the show. And that is going to continue on. And so you'll still be able to listen. We are going to be doing the podcast uh, maybe a couple times a month starting in March. And you can go to Podbean and search for Paranormal Underground Radio. Or you can go to iTunes, search for Paranormal, mm-hmm. Paranormal Underground Radio, and find all of our podcasts there. So you can always write us with your comments on the show, suggestions for future guests at editor at paranormalunderground.net. But go. don't worry, we are not going away. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. So guess what? What? I have some stuff uh, that I'd like to share as far as, you know, the news. Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder. It's time for news of the strange and the odd. Yeah, news of the strange and the odd is definitely going to fit the ones I, the ones I had this evening. So uh, <laughs> definitely going to, yeah. Except for the last one, which is kind of you know t- atypical. But I, I want to just start with something real simple, and this one is rain brings alien-like shrimp back to life. And this is in January, and this this is from January of 2017. Most of these are come they, from. Are they tasty alien-like shrimp? Well, I don't know if you'd want to eat one because I saw a picture. They're if pretty they nasty looking. If they are tasty looking. alien-like shrimp, I will allow it. 
know, no, they're pretty ugly looking. Um, this comes from unexplained uh, slash mis- or dash mysteries.com. That's where I got most of these. These are kind of cool. All right, so here we go. So it's prehistoric species of shrimp in Australia have been emerging from the ground recently due to heavy rain. The, shrimp, the shield shrimp, a living fossil that has remained mostly unchanged for millions of years, is one of the hardest animals on the planet. It spends most hardest. Of its, you mean like hardest, like you know, shell wise? Yeah, because it's because okay. uh, it says it spends most of its time buried beneath the desert sand, and its eggs are so tough that they can survive without water for up to ten years. Uh, recently, however, an unexpected period of extreme wet weather has brought millions of these exclusive crustaceans to the surface, leading to sightings all over the outback. When sufficient summer rain comes along, they hatch and go crazy, trying to feed as much as they can on microorganisms and bacteria in the water. Um, they want to be able to lay their eggs back in the dry surface before the watering holes dries out. So, in other words, they've been kind of, you know, OL so dormant. they're not extinct. They're just... No. Dormant. Very, yeah, very dormant. Yeah, so um, they're like the the chica- the things that do every seven years in the south. The, oh, the cicadas. Cicadas. Yep. Mm-hmm, yeah. So that's yeah. That's kind of it. And, and I've seen the pictures of them. They're really. I mean, to me, they don't even really look like shrimp. I don't know. They're really weird looking. They have like these little shells on the top. Maybe they're, they're, they're like strange. the little sea monkeys. Remember? Like. Oh my god! I love those. I had sea monkey. Yes. You I had, had sea monkeys. Were they a huge disappointment because they didn't actually build houses and have crowns and stuff? Yeah, and they didn't yeah. like eat bananas. They're just like little brine shrimp, I think, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I found the sea monkey thing a horrible, horrible disappointment, as most of the things <laughs> advertised in the back of the comic books were. I know, you know, like the x-ray vision glasses where you can see oh, through stuff. No, no, no you cannot work. see through your hand with x-ray vision glasses, no, which is what cannot. they show in the ad. You know, know, I wonder if comic books are allowed to do that anymore because that's all kind of bait and switch crap. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that that's got nixed. Uh, you know, that is not truth in advertising. You get that willing audience of those little sucker kids who. And, you know, beg their parents, <laughs> mom, it's like whenever there was something great in the cereal box, you would beg your mom for the cereal for the yeah, toy. Yeah, I remember that. All yeah. right, so here's the one you were asking about. Okay, so the next one is, Ukrainian man changes his name to iPhone 7. That is correct. He has, he has changed his name to iPhone 7. I just really think you should I don't, just leave uh, it at yeah. that and not even read the. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, so Alexander Turin went through with the name change in an attempt to win one of the devices in a contest. A 20-year-old made the decision to change his name to iPhone 7 after an electronic store in Kiev started offering a free iPhone to the first five people to do so. His efforts ultimately paid off, and an $850 gadget was his. Not everyone in his family was too pleased with the decision, however, and iPhone 7 has stated that he would likely change his name back if he ever gets married in the future. In the meantime, though, it looks like he intends to stick with it. I'm pretty sure that when he comes up and introduces himself, you know, she's, she's in the bar and she's got her drink and he comes up and says, Hey baby, I'm iPhone seven. That's, and she, he's not getting married. It's yeah, not going to be like, eh, yeah, no, that's There's it, no you know? name change in this guy's future. Well, you never know. You can walk up and say, hello, I'm iPhone seven. And she'll go, hello, I'm Android. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you know what? If that's the case, they are made to bam. Look at that. Together. Yeah. Well, I, but I'm the plugs air. Yeah, but the plugs in them might not, you know, hook up exactly right. But that's okay, you know. <laughs> anyways. As far as I know, that usually works out just fine. <laughs> so anyways, um, the, the next one is kind of 
crazy because this, the, the title is man uses hand grenade to crack open walnuts. Okay. So police in China were left shocked after the man. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Really, the man admitted to using the explosive device as a nutcracker. A clueless individual who has been identified only as Ran, yeah, surprise there, handed his grenade into the authorities after reading a police pamphlet encouraging people to turn in explosives. The 1960s era stick grenade has been given to him by a friend all the way back in 1991, believing that the grenades ignition mechanism had been removed the man noted that his wooden handle and cast iron construction had made it ideal tool for cracking open was walnuts. he just was he smashing yeah, up oh i thought he was like exploding like walnuts up. with a hand grenade that's what, I, that's what i thought too no but he's whacking them and um he, told okay. the he didn't realize owning an explosive device was illegal i found that pretty funny um it remains unclear whether or not the 50 year old grenade was ever likely to have gone off so, in other words, he could have been live and he's whacking along and all of a sudden one day just, there you go, walnuts and head all gone. So, I don't know. So, and the last one, this kind of fits to, um, you know, the, the ladies we're going to have on this evening. Um, this happened uh, January 15th of 2017. So, this is new. It's, it's, it's just a small clip of man tracks Bigfoot for over seven miles. So, the big guy has been seen again. Experienced tracker Chris Bauer Follow the set of large footprints from for miles across North Dakota. The incident occurred near Ellendale, Dickey County, at Christmas after a friend of Bowers, Bowers, sorry, reported seeing a large creature out of her kitchen window. She she described him as a huge, hairy, ugly monster. Bowers set off to track the creature through the snow, but soon found that its footprints, which measured 18 inches by 8 inches, went on for more than seven miles. Picked up the trail down that way about 20 yards in, right in the open, and then crossed the highway made his way to the hills. He has a four-foot stride, and when he hits, he makes a deep impression, so it really wasn't hard to follow the tracks. Sadly, though, despite following the trail for miles, he ultimately failed in locating his quarry. His last words were, the truth is out there, it's there, and I've seen it. So did he actually see Bigfoot or just the big just bar the big- part? Just the tracks, yeah, exactly. Yep. So I could just be like a really tall dude. I have a four foot stride. I'm almost certain of it. Well, you know, it was quite tall. I think it was because the lady said, Oh my God, I seen this. And then he saw the tracks. So he kind of tried to put two and two together, assuming that it was a Bigfoot, because I don't think he actually, as you said, saw it himself. So then he just went ahead and followed the trail. Who knows? It could have just been somebody messing with him. Well, yeah, and you know, too, you got to remember, too, if tracks are in the snow after a while, they start to melt, and then, you know, they're going to look larger and larger and larger, so you don't know, you know, really, truly, if it's that was the track that was left, or if it was just over, you know, period of time, so. But that's it for the news this evening. That's that's what I got for, for everybody this evening. All so, right, well, that's some exciting stuff, man. But thank you. I like the iPhone guy the best. iPhone 7. Change his name to iPhone 7. Well, he probably going by, what did you say his actual name was? Well, uh, now it's iPhone 7. What was his name before? It was Olative. Uh, hang on a second. I'll find it here. Alexander Turin. Olix. Yeah. Olix. Olix. So he probably still goes. I would guess he probably still goes by, you know. Well, yeah. You're not going to walk around saying hi. His I'm given like, name. I, I, maybe he does. I don't know. Does he put on it like when he goes to a, a seminar or something? Does he put on the hello, my name is iPhone 7 tag? <laughs> Yeah, or he just draws hello, my name is, and just a little picture. And he draws a picture of the phone. <laughs> that could be true. You never know. Well, didn't 
like Gwyneth Paltrow or somebody name her baby Apple? Yes. That's correct. People have done some pretty weird stuff. Remember Prince when he did the what was the sign thing? It wasn't even a name. It was like a symbol of some sort. Yes. The artist formerly yeah. how do you known even, as Prince. How do you even say that? I can't say the symbol. So. Well, that's uh, why it was the artist formerly known as oh Prince. <laughs> Cheryl says she's going to name her baby Avocado. <laughs> Cheryl, you are so, you're, you're, I mean, you could have babies still. Do you really want to with your grown children? No, no, probably not. <laughs> the middle name is Avocado, Guacamole, Knight Wilson. There you go. Well, now I have to think about what I want to, what I, if I was, I mean, I'm 51, so chances are it's not happening. Um, what would I want to name my baby? Satchel. Satchel. You say Satchel or Satchmo? Satchel. 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 Interesting choice of names. I like handbags. (laughs) (laughs) Just call it handbag. Come here, handbag. Come over here. Mama wants to give you a big hug, you big old handbag, you. Well, didn't somebody (laughs) name their baby hashtag? They did? Who? I, I... don't even rem- I, I don't think it was like anybody famous. Oh, I think it was God, just like some one of those weird news stories where parents name their baby hashtag. <laughs> what is wrong with people, man? You call your kid like Twitter. Come here, Twitter. Twitter, why Facebook. You, right now, you, well, I would if I was going to have a baby and name it after a social network, I would call it the Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter, the Google, and the yeah. The and Google the and the Twitter and the Facebook. Facebook. All right, you guys. All all the thes over here right now. We're gonna have a little talk. And the hey. MySpace. <laughs> the MySpace. Is MySpace even around still? Is it yes. really up still? Cheryl has a MySpace. From experience. I, a- <laughs> I don't personally, but Paranormal Cheryl Underground. Ra- Par- Paranormal Underground. Ha- no, I'm not. I post once a week on MySpace. One. I had one. It's probably still on there then. From <laughs> yeah, like, you how long ago? It's I had a MySpace there. back in the day. Yeah. Well, nobody uses MySpace anymore, though, right? Musicians I mean, it's- do. It's a, it's oh, a so- platform for oh. musicians. Oh, Here's okay. what happens is that um, the young people find it, mm-hmm. their parents come after them, and the young people leave in droves, and then the place is no longer cool. So <laughs> that's what's happening on the Facebook right now because the kids are using the Snapchat. So oh, mostly oh. it's old people like us using the Facebook now. And, and the Instagram. And mm. the Instagram and the Twitter. I, don't, I have an Instagram, but I don't really know what to do with it. I just put pictures on there. I just put a picture and go, hey, you know, I've gotten a couple you know, of the thing yeah. is, my life just isn't that interesting. What am I going to put pictures of? <laughs> your oh, new pretty- furniture. You have new furniture. Yeah, your pillows. Monkey. I think I think the world will love to see monkey. Well, I'm, but. I'm pretty sure. Does, Doing is crazy. Instagram's like not around. private though, right? What's that? Instagram's not private though, right? No. It's, it's for everyone to see. So anybody it. see, but that's what I like about Facebook is that I can keep it private. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have more control on that one. I don't. So do Snapchat. I have, what I mean is I have no friends on Facebook, and I just post stuff and amuse myself. <laughs> you know, you wow. can do that, that's Karen. Private. You can actually what? post just to yourself. It's a setting that nobody else I sees know. it but you. With your post, just your that makes no. I know. Stinking, I know people himself. who do it. You could just use your phone for like, if you want to leave yourself a message, you could just use your phone and just, you could hey, just you write know. it down on a piece of paper. Uh-huh. That's just weird. Posting to yourself. That'd just be weird. I know people who do it, but yeah, you could do it. If you want, you know, to people it. who really, wow. Okay. People right, who how do you think I themselves? came to know about it? Yeah. They post just you to do themselves. It. You, it's, she so you means her. Just... I've never done it. And, and she, no, and no, no, she no. 
<laughs> Karen. No, I, I've actually never done it. I'm going to try it, but I've never done it. Tom says use Google Keep. I what do the, not know what, what Google, is Google Keep, Keep is. I don't even know what that, that is, Tom. What's, Tom. what's Google Keep? Type in what's Google Keep. I don't know. But yeah, there's there's uh, Snapchat just is crazy for me because it's like you click it and it's like a two second like or like a like a picture or a message and it, it's and it only lasts so long and then it's gone. So for me, it's like yeah. oh here you go. It just says it's an app for notes, lists, etc. There you go. What about but, the people that don't have smartphones? Well, do you could do it on your computer. Oh yeah. But isn't that kind of what like things like Pinterest and Pinterest and and bookmarks and stuff are for too? Yeah. I have a notebook. That's I don't what I do. Like. I don't do Pinterest or Tumblr or what is a Tumblr anyways? What is Tumblr the Tumblr? Tumblr is just I, like a, it's like, it's like a, a blog thing. Yeah, it's, it's a posting yeah. site. Yeah. Post pictures, blogs, whatever you want to post. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Tom said post-it notes. That's what I used to use. Millions of them. Well, so here's the thing is that, so I have, you know, the iPhone and I have the calendar on my iPhone. Yes. And so I always try to keep stuff in my iPhone calendar, but I, am really really bad at it okay so i don't i still keep a paper calendar and post-it notes (laughs) i have to yeah it's like i have to do redundant backup systems where before when i had a calendar i didn't have to have a backup system i just used my calendar but now that i'm using an electronic calendar i also have to back it up Oh, yes. Yeah, I use my phone i don't have a problem with the calendar thing it kind of helps me out and click it and say i find it highly confusing Right. And with that, let's go to break, yes. shall okay. we? Sure. All right. So come stick around. We will be back and we'll be talking to Jessica Freeberg and Natalie Fowler, authors of Monsters. Uh, I can't even see the name Monsters of the book. Monsters of the Midwest, Two Monsters Tales of Bigfoot, Werewolves, and Other Legendary Creatures. Thank you. Sorry. Um, Monsters. He, he did it. You know what? He read it like is like at the yeah. end of a drug commercial when they're reading off all the side effects and they want to really yeah. minimize the guy talks really fast. Break. Monsters of the Midwest, true tales of Bigfoot, werewolves, and other legendary creatures. All right. So that's what we're going to be doing. Stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier, co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Thanks for listening to the show. 
You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground Magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, authorkarenfraser.com. That's author, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R.com. Nicole Strickland here, California Coordinator for the Oregon Ghost Conference, here to tell you about the sixth annual event, which will take place in 2017 on March 31st through April 2nd at the Seaside Civic and Convention Center in beautiful Seaside, Oregon. The Oregon Ghost Conference is the Northwest's largest paranormal convention and attracts visitors from all across the West Coast and beyond. It will have a jam-packed weekend filled with speakers, courses, tours, parties, and so much more. So join us for a weekend of ghosts at the coast to connect with and learn from some of the top paranormal experts in our area. Do not miss this great event. For more information about this fabulous event, please visit its website at OregonGhostConference.com. The Oregon Ghost Conference is also available on Facebook and Twitter as well. Happy hauntings! Hey everyone, this is Winter Balefire, contributor for Paranormal Underground Magazine, correspondent for Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, and now I'm very happy to announce a published author. My first poetry book, Love Letters Destroyed, is now available on Amazon.com, Lulu.com, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers. Ebooks are also available. You can also check out Pseudosynthpress.com for information on signed copies. Again, that's Love Letters Destroyed by Winter Balefire. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy. So, you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we'll, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark on MixLR with your hosts, Chucky G and Karen Frazier. We have our guests with us this evening, the lovely Jessica Freeberg and Natalie Fowler, authors of Monsters of the Midwest, True Tales of Bigfoot, Werewolves, and Other Legendary Creatures. Good evening, ladies. Hello. Ooh, I like that. Hello. <laughs> it's like four ladies and me. This is like... Way to go full on perv. It's like a Jack. dream come true. <laughs> to get to the dark side, sister. I just said it's nice. It's, to have who, it's who I am. I know. It's okay. So how are you guys doing this evening? We're doing really good. great. Awesome. Thanks for okay. having us on. Hey, no problem. Thanks for... Yeah, don't tr- thank us yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Step back in about half an hour. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, let's start here. Let's start uh, real simple. Jessica, can you get, give us a little like background of who you are and how you got it? Because I know you're in the paranormal field as well as talking about cryptozoology also. So why don't you give us a little background on yourself first? Sure, absolutely. Cool. So I'm actually an author, and I, I write for children primarily. Um, our Monsters of the Midwest book is for of any age group, but... 
Um, I typically, most of my um, fiction and nonfiction works are for young adults and middle grade, which would be like third through sixth grade, typically. So um, I started out writing, and my first book was a paranormal young adult novel about a girl who could see ghosts. And my literary agent said that I needed to get a platform and find a way to kind of get my name out there before Mm -hmm. she sold my book. And so I decided that I should start going ghost hunting because for some reason that made sense to me because I love ghost hunting shows and um, I've always been fascinated by that and the girl in my book could see ghosts. So I started doing that and I formed a group called Ghost Stories Inc. And we're a group of children's writers and illustrators who go to haunted um, locations and do paranormal investigations for creative inspiration. Well, that's kind of cool. So, so you, yeah. so, so you actually go to the location and yeah. then you investigate according to whatever the lore is and the, the historical stuff that you look up yeah. and then you, then you come back and, t- and take that and kind of base hello. up. Hello, Natalie's back. And then I'm back. We lost, we lost Natalie for a minute. <laughs> um, so, and then you, and you take all that and you kind of like form a book off of that. I mean, is it, is it like, in other words, wait though, is it like you form a book off it as far as the, the real facts or do you just kind of use that as a, a platform for, you know, we all kind of use it in different ways. One of the things that our group has done is we actually lead retreats for professional writers and illustrators and, and really anyone who's interested in the paranormal. But our retreats really focus on how you can use the history of a location and the fact that it's reportedly haunted to become creatively inspired to create art or cre- to create stories. So we lead workshops and we help kind of teach craft oriented classes and then we open up a submission for an anthology that we put out through ghost stories Inc., which is just short stories that are written by people who have attended our retreats and and not Mm -hmm. everybody gets a story in but we select a couple and um and they're just inspired by what they experienced when they were there so they're just works of fiction but inspired by true history and whatever creepy thing might have happened on that investigation (laughs) well that's pretty cool Um, yeah that's awesome. So, uh, so Natalie, what got you into uh, the field in, in general? Um, I've been fascinated by ghost stories ever since I was a little kid. Um, I would read whatever I could about ghosts and try to figure it out, but I was always looking for something different. I always wanted to know more about the ghosts. When I was looking for books, I could only find ghost stories that were about how scary it was to have a ghost or to have a haunted house. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it would be equally scary to be the ghost. And I always wanted that perspective. So when I started writing my own stories, I really wanted to bring that voice to my to my books and my characters and just show kind of what it what it's like to be the ghost. And when I met Jessica and she asked me to come along on a ghost hunt, I thought, well, first I thought, I don't know if I really want to go shake a ghost out of the attic, <laughs> but uh, of course I said yes and went along and it um, brought my writing to a whole new level. Well, that's cool. So you do it from the perspective of the spirit, not the perspective of the haunting per se. I try to bring both um, okay. to my, to, I mean, you, you know, I, I make the ghost a more active character than okay. Yeah. All right, and since she, since you kind of, kind of drawn into it with, with Jessica, what, what did you think when you first started doing the investigations or connecting to spirits and you know getting activity? What, what was your first thought process with that? It was really fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, the first time I went out with the group, they were we were working on a documentary and we were going to be filming that night, 
And I was terrified because I didn't know what I was doing. And I was really worried that I wouldn't have anything to talk about. And I really did not want to sound, sound stupid. So I did what I do best, which is research. And I went to the library and I spent the afternoon at the library that day. And I researched the properties that we were going to. And I ended up finding some really cool obituaries and some different things that uh, the group hadn't come across yet. And so I was sort of arming myself with something so that I'd have something to talk about. But um, it was it was really fun. I love I love digging around for old stories like that. So uh, yes, and it was fun to be able to add something to the group that night, mm-hmm. even though so, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so so Justin, you're the one that did you you're the one that kind of founded the group then per se or I did yes. And how many? I mean, besides you and Natalie, of course. I mean, how many other people are involved in this? There are lots. So- we have, it, it was originally just me and a bunch of dudes. <laughs> so I was really excited. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's awesome. Me and a bunch yeah. of dudes. Yeah, you, <laughs> you will but, find like, that the paranormal field is very dude heavy. It is. It really <laughs> yeah. is. So I was excited to find a chick who was equally interested in what I was interested in and was also a professional writer. But we have um, Scott Spanks, who is an illustrator, and his brother, Sean Spanks, who does illustration as well. And we have Sean McCann, who's a professional illustrator, and he's actually a street artist who travels literally the world doing street art. Um, He's he's kind of, he's a rock star, like I'm kind of in awe of him (laughs) sometimes. Um, He actually had a billboard in Minneapolis for a while, but because street art, he's always like crouched down. It was like a billboard of his backside. So it was like, (laughs) hey, I totally saw your crack when I was driving down (laughs) I-35. He's going to love that you just told that story. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have one more um, member of the group who is Josh, and he is actually in L.A. He's a filmmaker. And um, like Natalie said, we're filming a documentary with Ghost Stories, Inc., and um, Josh is that's what he does for a living out in LA. He does documentaries. So cool. All right. So we're we're in the field of the paranormal. We're talking ghosts and hauntings and stuff. And all of a sudden now we have this book about Bigfoots, werewolves. <laughs> I mean, how, how do we go from from one to the other? I mean, how, where was the jump? What what made you do that? Well, there to me, it's all equally fascinating. Anything that we have not a solid explanation for is something I want to try to understand. I've always told the boys, once we figure this whole ghost hunting thing out, we're totally going to go squatching and find big <laughs> So this made a lot of sense to me when a publisher approached us about writing it. And because um, they had heard about the Ghost Stories Inc. group and I had heard me on Darkness Radio for a while there. And so they knew I was into that sort of thing and that I was a writer. And, mm-hmm. and they said, hey, we need a Monsters of the Midwest book. Would you be interested? And and I was like, heck yeah, I'm ready to study some Bigfoot stuff. And, so, and also, we really liked the research aspect to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so it was a lot of fun research. That was so my just, favorite part. So it's just a research part? Or did you like strap some you know, equipment on and start running into the woods or what? I oh, mean. boy, I wish we had time for that. When we got the um, offer and signed the contract, we had about three months to write it from start to finish. So we really had to kind of write fairly quickly. Um but Natalie is an incredible researcher. I should add, she's a recovering attorney, so she's. I thought she's you were going to say researcher or something. She's, no, like, no. <laughs> she's way smarter than me, and she's really good at research. So she was really diving in and getting some, you know, verifying facts and and finding really primary source material for 
pretty much all the stories that we ended up including in the book. And we threw some stuff out because of her research and her digging and her uncovering the fact that it wasn't really something that was verifiable. It was kind of just one of those stories. And so we oh. just had to throw it out. We didn't want to include stories like that if we could avoid it. Okay. So now, now you, now you have my, uh, curiosity. <laughs> so Natalie, what kind yes. of, things, what kind of things were you researching that you found you couldn't verify things that well, maybe, or they really pop <laughs> that they thinks about now you're going to like destroy no, names or no, what? not at all. It, I, <laughs> we found it and we were excited about it because it was this really obscure story and it came from a blog post and I was excited because it was naming professors and it was naming people and towns and things. And so it looked very factual mm-hmm. and, but I couldn't find anything to corroborate, you know, to, to back it up. And I couldn't right. find any of the original sources and I couldn't find, it was, it was from a while ago and, and I couldn't find any of the original newspaper articles or anything like that. And I even had the librarians at the university library helping me and they were so excited to be helping me with research for a Bigfoot book. <laughs> But it was this really great story about werewolves, and uh, it got to the point where it just was bugging me that I couldn't find anything else to back it up. So it got to the point where I called the university and I said, here's the information I have about an archaeological dig, and um, I, I can't find anything to back it up. And they were able to tell me that there wasn't anyone there from their department that had ever done anything like that. So um, we had we ended up throwing the story out, but... Uh, it was fascinating to me to go through those steps to find, uh, it, even though it turned out to be a dead end, it was still mm-hmm. exciting for me to go through and, and be able to confirm that. Well, yeah, it was like so. more of like an urban legend than, uh, than <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. It looked so real, though. <laughs> I no, really I thought wanted gonna, to use it. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me, like, werewolves aren't real. But you're like, no, man, they have to be real. It's like my favorite thing. So. They're all no, real. It's just all the story. Oh, thank God. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> So, um, so, all right. So Jessica, so what, um, as far as like, we're talking all the different legendary creatures, everything from Mothman to everything, what one really piques your interest the most, I think out of all of those. Oh gosh. It's so hard to say because we found stories about giant serpents that in the 1800s were thought to be, um, consuming the corpses out of graves (laughs) and, (laughs) I'd never heard of that before. Uh, that I never heard of that either. Crazy. <laughs> we, had a, we had a vampire in Nebraska, which I thought was kind yeah. of fascinating. Um, because, you know, as much as I think vampires are cool and Brad Pitt really rocked being a vampire, uh-huh. um, I don't I don't know what I, if I think vampires yeah. are real. <laughs> but this story was just so fascinating because, again, it was one of those stories in the late 1800s and these... Um, cowboys were out doing their ranching thing and they were kind of settled in for the evening. And one of the guys, they had been seeing um, cattle that had been drained of their blood. And there had been people talking about a vampire kind of roaming the area. And this one guy was extremely freaked out by that, of course. And, but he had to go off in the woods by himself because he needed to, you know, do his business. And so he went off (laughs) into the woods Mm -hmm. and he was attacked by this vampire thing it was it was a a man who had superhuman strength and he was gashing at his throat and trying to get his mouth on his throat and um the other cowboys came and scared it off and then they chased it and so to me that's like well i don't know if it's a crazy person but 
the fact that he was trying to drink his blood. Yeah. And that this was before <laughs> Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise made vampires sexy. Well, yeah. So, so I'm trying, I don't to, know. Try, <laughs> I'm trying to chew on your throat. I'm pretty sure we could put the crazy into that sentence. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and he's totally a vampire. So yeah. You know. Well, you know, worse than someone bugging you while you're trying to do your business and start chomping on you, you know. I know. So that's so, that's my worst fear. Like something's going to come up and chomp on me, and I'm in an outhouse or something. Well, you're doing your business. No, you're saying, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be terrible. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Those porta potties. I believe that in outhouses, bats hide in the toilet, and they're going to fly up out of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a guy somewhere that actually did get attacked by some sort of horrible, like either a snake or a spider. I don't remember what it was, but it was something awful. And it chomped on the part that you don't want chopped on to. And oh. it was in the paper. I remember Lord. reading about it. Oh, that's, no, it's not talking about <laughs> see, see, I'm not so far off in my fear of outhouses. No, no they're terrifying. They're scarier well, than vampires. Yeah, when we, when we go places without houses, I always make my husband go in and check it out first. Before Get I the go flashlight in. down in there. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not looking down there. That's so, cool. so Natalie, what's what was your what would you, if you had to pick something that was you know of real interest to you as far as cryptozoology? Is there something in particular that you're interested in more than the others? You know, um, I think one of the most intriguing stories for me in this book was the Mothman stories from uh, Iowa. Yep. The Van the Van Meter mm-hmm. monsters and. Mm-hmm. I'm just so fascinated by that because of the way it was reported in the paper and all of these different townspeople seeing the same thing on consecutive nights. And, uh, and these were your upstanding citizens. They were the bankers and the doctors and the respected members of the community telling the stories. And so that story really pulled me in and, uh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> made me okay. think about those and it made me think about that in a in a way that I hadn't really thought before. Well, yeah, especially the okay, especially the 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 full the fact that the thing is like a thunderbird, the size of a thunderbird, yeah. it's like flying overhead, you know, and stuff like yeah, I don't want to get picked up and taken away and eaten somewhere in a <laughs> yeah. nest or something, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, okay, so let's let's talk let's talk some of the legendary famous ones okay mm-hmm. so let's let's not let's not start with bigfoot because you know i hear about that so much let's <laughs> how about how let's how about let's start with the jersey devil which is probably one of the weirder ones that's out there i mean so we'll start with uh let's start with you natalie since uh, i started jessica last time um do you believe that it's a, a true creature uh what are your thoughts on the jersey devil you know i believe that you know and i'm not completely familiar with the facts from mm-hmm. the from that story from those stories um, okay but i believe that when people see something they're very convinced that they're seeing something and there has to be more out there than we can really explain i think it's human nature to be curious and i think that we're not always meant to understand everything mm-hmm. right in the moments that we want to understand it so right I, I think that um, there very well could be uh, a lot out there going on that we just can't explain yet and don't have the capacity to explain. Right. So, Jessica, what do you think about it? Do you know the backstory to it with the Leeds family and all that? or? Well, so this one we didn't include in our book because it wasn't in the Midwest. But I have heard a lot about the Jersey Devil. And is that the 
okay, is that the one where the family puts the it's like a the baby. curse, yeah, that's a curse on the thirteenth yeah. child, <laughs> the pine barrens, and yeah, yeah. Um, it's, that one feels like a legend to me. Um, but I if there's agree. been, yeah. yeah, but if there's been mm-hmm. sightings of it, like Natalie was saying, it's so difficult. And here's one of the things that confounds me with some of these things is almost like, do we kind of create um, these creatures or, or the appearance of them? You know, we've got the legends of all of these things. Um, and the one I'm thinking of is the really tall dude that was on the internet. Oh my gosh. Slenderman? Slenderman. Okay. So he was absolutely... Oh. Yeah. A created thing that's no. made up. Yeah, no. it was not real. <laughs> but there's been so many sightings of this person and encounters with the Slenderman type creatures that it's almost like are we giving life to legends because of our fear? Um, are there deities or or beings of I would say a dark nature? I, I don't want to call them demons, but you know, non living yeah. spirits that maybe take on the form of the things that we're afraid of. So is there something taking on the form of the Jersey devil because that legend is out there and it knows that it's something we're going to recognize. That would be my guess of what the Jersey devil probably is. Yeah. Well, we, I talked about, I written about a long time ago about topas, which is basically a thought form that you create, you know, if enough people believe in it, you know, can it really create, you know, it's, it's said that it can create that particular entity. So, um, yeah. And we found that in a couple of our stories and I know you don't want to talk about Bigfoot, but there was one, in yeah, particular, no, we can yeah. totally talk about Bigfoot. <laughs> no, we can talk. I just, I, no, I just said, meant I wanted to talk about it later on because we talk about Bigfoot all the time. There's other ones that are, you know, yeah. Not- but there, there was actually a Bigfoot that I, I swear it was a topa because the whole thing started from a, a boy that was trying to scare his friend and the guy that initially, um, this was in Peckin, Illinois, in 1972. Okay. And his friend was working the night shift at a gas station, and he and his buddies got together and said, let's tell him we saw this big, 10-foot-tall, hairy, white creature out by this old abandoned house. Mm-hmm. So they did. And based on that kid's made-up story, there were <coughs> over 100 calls into the police station in one evening citing this monster. And it was people seeing this thing that didn't even know that this story was going around. It was people from out of town that didn't know that this creature was being talked about. They were just driving through and they'd see this thing. And so it was almost like they had manifested something just from the story that was going around. And I just, I find that so incredibly fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's just as weird or creepy as spirits and creatures, you know, in general. I mean, if we have that ability or that power within our energy to do that, I mean, I find that fascinating. So I know I wish I could do that with like Cheetos or cheeseburgers. <laughs> or pizza. Really hard. I want a hundred cheeseburgers. And also- yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so Natalie, what about, uh, let's talk werewolves. Okay, because yeah. you kind of dispelled that myth on that particular story. <laughs> in general, you know, because we could talk, uh, since they are different than shapeshifters and such, um, what is your thought on the werewolf legend, you know, of a man turning into a beast, per se? Um, yes. I don't know. Again, I'm just going to go back to the fact that people are convinced that they're seeing something. And, you know, you get, when you're here in the Midwest and you've got, the woods surrounding you and, and you've got miles and miles of wilderness out in front of you. And, uh, you've got a creature like the brave beast in Wisconsin yeah. and, you know, you see it. I've just, I've done that 
not there specifically, but I've done that drive up in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night and you see a dark figure, you know, when we go up to the cabin or when we go up to my in-laws place mm-hmm. and you see a dark figure dart across the road, you know, is it just an animal? Is it something that's maybe a hybrid of something else? You know, here in St. Paul, we've got, we live along the river and there have been all these koi wolf sightings lately where the coyotes and the wolves have started a new, a new breed. <laughs> so, you know, some of that could be explained by just nature doing what nature does. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, so, so, all right. So let's, let's try, let's change tactics a little. And Jessica, <laughs> we have, we have, we have, we talk about other legendary creatures. So are there ones that, people probably haven't heard as much about or something a little more unusual that maybe hasn't been brought forward before, or have you found anything in your research doing that or? Well, we did find a clawed green beast, which was in Evansville, Indiana. And this a, was a, wait, 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 a what? What did you call it? <laughs> clawed green, clawed beast. green beast. Okay. Yes. Which was kind of crazy. Um, a woman <laughs> decided to yeah. take her kids swimming in a river And she and her girlfriend took the kids out there and they got in the water and something grabbed a hold of the mom and pulled her under the water. And it did it repeatedly. And she was desperate to try to get away. And the kids got out of the water and they watched this happen. And when she got out, she had a mark on her leg that was green and it had left a handprint that remained, according to reports, for several days. Really? And yes, mm-hmm. and it upset them so much that they took her to the hospital um, because yeah. she had been hurt and it was uh, yeah. terrifying. And later on, she was actually reportedly visited by what sounds like the men in black who came yeah. <laughs> and, and said, did this happen to you? And please don't talk about it anymore. We don't want you talking about it to the public anymore, basically. So that felt kind of alien-like to me because it was a green, you know, of course, if it's a green guy, it's got to be an alien. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, it could be like a swamp, like swamp thing or something, you know. If it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, what is Swamp Thing? I think he's from Mars or something. I mean, <laughs> do you really? I just thought I don't like, know. Like I thought it was like eat to run a muck. I didn't really put him into the uh, ET category, but hey, I guess but, that's entirely. But fun. you know, the fascinating thing to have actually someone from who appears to be from the government in a nice black suit come to your door and say, "Hey, we're hearing that you're spreading this story, and we're going to ask you not to talk about it anymore." It, it kind of lends credibility. It feels, you know, sort of like um, X-Files or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, boy. I I mean, we talk about weird stuff all the time. Nobody's ever asked me not to, except for maybe like my parents because I'm embarrassing them. <laughs> that would be my kids. Yeah. yeah. I've never anybody knocking on my door going, hey, Chuck, shut up. We're talking about <laughs> yeah. this stuff. Right but, um, okay, so is there any, like, Natalie, is there any other one besides this, uh, the green bean? First, at first, by the way, I thought you said green beans. I was going to say, what? <laughs> <laughs> the green beans or something like that? So. Uh, green beans are so scary. Ask my six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, is there anyone that you can think of, Natalie? I mean, something that's a little more out of the, the norm? I mean, as far as, they're all out of the norm, but, I mean, you know, as far as creatures go. Um. I would have to say the legend of the frog guys, the frogmen. Um, frogmen? Frogmen? Yes. Like, the ones like, with the yes. sparks. What's the story? I It's been a while since I've looked at it. What was the, Jess, do you remember that one? The 
Um, uh, well, I remember they were frogs. Oh, the Loveland Frogs. Yeah, yeah, the Loveland Frogs. And it was out of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Ohio. Mm-hmm. Right. And we had a little trouble with this story because the the police officers that originally reported it recanted their story behind it. But the legend was that they were these little creatures that they would see on the side of the road. And one of them even had a wand that shot sparks. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like a and these are like full size. Wait, these are little frogs. Yeah, no, they're like, like three or four feet tall, and they were frogs that were walking upright. And uh, because why original wouldn't they? Were, right. Maybe it's <laughs> like why the wouldn't Mr. they have a wand that sparks? <laughs> yeah, maybe some toad guy from those books. You know, Do you ever cool. wonder yeah. how many of these are actually just like the results of hallucinogens or something? Yeah, like <laughs> what was that guy smoking? Yeah, really. But the, the <laughs> thing with this one was that there were actually police officers that were yeah. reporting it. And, and they were on duty of, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope they weren't smoking, but. Yeah, really. Well, I like the part they had the wand in, you know what I mean? It's bad enough. Yeah. Walking frogs and they have a little wand, is a Harry Potter hat on, you know, walking around. Was it Halloween? Were there? They- <laughs> no, it was like, and it was a couple different occasions. It wasn't all at once either. What the heck is wrong with people? Yeah. Okay, I like that one a lot, actually. I yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Well, talking about you know, little, well, talking about little people. With like, I don't know if I'm gonna say this right. Is it Pudge? Pudge? I can't say it right. The word Pudge Walkie or whatever. The little four foot like high. Uh, beings that you can see walking around there uh, supposed to be sort of like goblins or um, <laughs> see she goes ooh and I go oh I want to know about those <laughs> uh, that's what they speak. they're like they're like goblins and if you get in their if you get in their area man they can really get ticked off and stuff like that uh, they're kind of related to like leprechauns and stuff like that um, also so I, but you never got any tales of that within the Midwest nothing like that no we didn't no. have any of those. We had melon heads. I'm, I'm sorry, heads? what? Melon heads of Ohio. <laughs> okay. Like like watermelon well, heads? I, I need to hear this. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> um, so in the mid-1970s, there were a lot of reports of these children um, entities out in the, in the woods. And this one particular area that was reportedly formerly a home that was owned by a doctor in town. And the legend is that he had either um, adopted all these children who already had, I think it's called encephalitis when their head is bulbous from water, um, or that he had done experiments on them and created that in them. And so now there are these beings that are reported to haunt that area, and they they were cited many, many times in the 1970s around that area, these little children that would just, like, pop out of nowhere and then they'd scurry away, never to be seen again. So <laughs> That's, I've never heard that. That is totally weird. Can you imagine, like, they're hiding down, like, the, one of the patches, you know, like little watermelons, and they just pop yes. up. Yes. <laughs> the funny thing was, when we were doing, we were getting ready to do our book launch and do book signings, my son dressed up as Bigfoot, and my daughter, who is pretty small, she's 11 years old, but she's really short, she goes, can I be a melon head? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> make that costume. Sure. Oh, that's crazy! Hilarious. So, um, so out of the all the things you've looked into, I mean, what do you? How, as far, all right, let's see, Natalie. So you do a lot of the research. What What have you found that seems to have a lot of like backstory to it, or actual things you can legit that you can you know connect to the actual creature? Um, I, I 
think the research was really interesting with the sea monsters, the sea creatures. Um, there was a great story out of Madison, Wisconsin, where some college kids were, this, this creature was reported uh, over and over again by, through, it was about a six month period, I think it was in the spring, in the spring and then again in the fall, okay. where a kid was fishing and this thing came up. He, he was confused because there weren't any fish there in his usual spot where he always went fishing. And yeah. this creature came up and looked at him, which would explain why the fish weren't there. And, uh, and then these co-eds <laughs> in the fall, uh, school had just started and these co-eds were laying out on the dock. Uh, I think it was behind one of the frat houses. And they were kind of dozing in the sun and this thing went up and licked the girl's feet <laughs> and she she oh. sat up and was like what and this thing was and it was said to kind of look like it was smiling at her <laughs> and um <laughs> so but in the sea monster stories oftentimes they would find a big giant fish scale or something um in that particular story, one of the students was walking along the beach and he found a giant uh, scale or something like that where he took it to another professor and the professor was from the East Coast. And he said, I have seen this before. It's from a sea monster. <laughs> and so I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I so, know the species. It's a sea monster. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that in my so. book. Let me get that out. So. <laughs> All right, so so Jessica, uh, out of the the stuff you've dealt with, what do you what do you feel probably do you lean towards not being anything more than urban legend or not or not you know like you feel it probably isn't a reality I guess. You know I, it's so hard for me to say because I I cannot take away from the stories that people have come forward with because so many of them. And we've had to change names because people are embarrassed to come forward th with this stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people that we're finding these stories from are not people who are trying to get attention. You know, if I come out and say, dude, I totally saw Bigfoot, I'm probably trying to get publicity for a book, you know. Right. But, but these people are just your everyday average people. They don't want their name attached. Um and so for me, I can't say that I think any of them are absolutely not true because if someone's saying they saw it, you know, they saw something and, and I believe that. Now, the legend of the melon heads that feels to me more like a haunting than yes. a monster, you know, okay. like if those yeah. children actually did exist and they were tor tormented and tortured, what they might be seeing, in my opinion, would probably be some sort of a spirit manifestation rather than an actual cryptid. So oh, that one I would have to probably throw out as a monster. So, all right, so we have, have we, we haven't touched on this one yet, and this interests most of us that are on the show, black-eyed kids. Oh, yes. So have yes. you done, is that in your book at all? Or have you, it's I mean, because I know that happens no, everywhere. I don't I, consider those to be a monster either. I really think those are some sort of a um, unliving spirit of some kind, um, really? in my opinion. Um, okay manifesting in a way that's scary to us and that's super feeding, creepy yeah yeah and is, feeding yeah. off fear i mean More it seems like something paranormal. that's yeah feeding off fear well yeah because a lot of people think it's like they're they could be aliens you know what i mean or a different breed of human alien you know together yeah too, so. yeah it could be i actually just listened to a podcast by um dave schrader and tim dennis about that very mm -hmm. thing that the lady was talking about them as being alien 
Uh, there's so many possibilities on those, but they, to me, it seems, you know, I don't want to say demonish, but, but one of those spirit spirits that was never alive to begin with, mm-hmm. who is taking on a form and the way that they gain their strength is to feed off of our fear. And yeah, like a psychic vampire. Or... Yeah. yeah. And they've actually been reported to come to people's doors and say, it's time to eat or it's time to feed, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, oh. I mean, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Close the door. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah, some milk and cookies, little kid with <laughs> creepy eyes. But you cannot have my soul. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd be inviting them in for milk and cookies. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so Bigfoots, let's talk Bigfoots again. There's always this talk of aliens connected to Bigfoots or portals that, that you know, Dimensional, why, interdimensional why stuff. Can't, <laughs> why can't you find a Bigfoot? Because it goes in and out of dimensions and stuff. I mean, yeah. one of you, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's a lot more going on than we can really see and explain with what we know right now. And those stories often have, tracks that'll lead and just stop or they'll have uh people that'll see it over reported uh, over a four-day period and then the sightings will just stop and you you know we talked about it before being something that we manifest through our fear but if that were true then they would not stop those sightings would not stop so it just seems to me like that's actually a logical explanation about why that could be happening okay all right. See now, if I was going to manifest a Bigfoot, it wouldn't be out of fear; it would be out of it being really cool. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> and thinking something's really cool, manifest it. <laughs> yeah, like cheeseburgers. You're saying cheeseburgers. I'm right. Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, so we we were not thinking so much. I mean, so do you have like anything on? ETs or aliens within your book, or do you not consider those creatures per se? We kind of stayed away from anything that was specifically alien. Um, we really tried to stick with what we felt was, you know, really your typical cryptid yeah. and monster type of thing. I feel like aliens kind of fall into another category. Okay. Um, although I, you know, I think there is something to that. Some of these creatures could be from another planet. Um, what? Yeah, and they're just coming in a form that is either familiar to us, and they're not quite right. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm coming. I'm trying to be a bear, but I'm just a yeah, little. Yeah, it's know? a little off. I have like giant horns sticking out of my head, and yeah, well, like because you brought that's a good thing you bring up at chupacabras. You know what I mean? Yes. They think that mm-hmm. that could be like a an alien a mis- dog, misidentified yeah. animal, is yeah. Yeah. you know, right? right a dog yeah. with mange is, I think one of the big theories of chupacabra yeah oh yeah, also, yeah. was one of the other ones was people were kept saying that they were like they were beasts that aliens brought down another like because you know if you figure if you go into where ets live and don't they have creatures or animals just like we would have creatures or animals here so then well, yeah. if they would bring them you know what I mean, I mean, so that's so it would be like me traveling with monkey, is what you're saying. Yeah, and then you go to like, <laughs> like Saturn, and you bring monkey out, and they all start freaking out and screaming because they don't know what monkey. What is, is that weird it? looking little monkey's adorable? She would not freak any anything out. Well, yeah, but if it looks alien to that person, she might. You know, I mean, I know monkey's no, adorable. Oh, she's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, do you have other any other any other like creatures that you want to talk about like again that aren't quite so popular i suppose or just ones that maybe you got just enough to put in the book but not quite enough to 
solidify them? Natalie, one of my favorite ones that we did was the Einfeld Core. I was just thinking of that. Okay. I think and the, and part <laughs> of the reason I love this is because when Natalie Natalie started writing this, and the way that we wrote these was we would we each took a selection, we wrote it, and we sent it to each other, and then we rewrote it, and then we sent it back, and we rewrote it. So it ended okay. up being that we, we wrote them all. But okay. Natalie started this one, and she actually contacted me in the middle of the night. You know, it was, what, like midnight or something and she's like I can't write these at night anymore because I just scared myself writing this I'm so poor one <laughs> but Natalie you you know that one really well do you want to talk about that one sure this one is just so different and it's it's a popular story but I've never come across any other sighting of anything like this uh this thing had three three legs and it was described as being about four or five feet tall, and it had pterodac or uh, T-Rex arms, so little tiny <laughs> arms. And it was trying okay. to get into the house, and, and it happened in a neighborhood where this little boy was outside playing, and he comes running in the house saying this thing attacked him, and his tennis shoes were shredded. So this thing had really sharp claws, obviously, and his parents were really confused and they called the police and the police laughed at them and didn't do anything about it. And then meanwhile, a few minutes later, this thing is trying to get into the house next door where these two kids are staying home alone and their parents are out at a PTA meeting. And the thing is tapping on the window and trying to get in. And they, they lock all the doors and they're afraid and they're trying to get a hold of their parents. And meanwhile, their parents come home and are really confused. And the dad goes and gets his gun and he opens the door and he sees this thing and he shoots at it and it kind of hobbles off. And of course they call the police and then the police ask how much have they been drinking and go through yeah. all the questions. <laughs> but then they go outside and the police officers then go see the evidence and they are able to see that the door frame is all scratched up and they actually find the prints of this thing in the dirt. Um, and could tell that it had three legs and it hobbled off somewhere along the train track. So um, that one was just, a, and of course, you know, I'm writing that story at home and the kids are all in bed and my husband was out of town. And of course you start hearing the tapping at the window. Cause and then the cat scratches the at the door. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I decided not to work on these stories at night after that. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So how do you do you think that a lot of times or, or some of the time these are misidentified animals? Some of them uh, could possibly no, I don't be, know. but I, there's more to it to, than that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Well, I like I like cryptids because I actually don't think cryptids are paranormal. I think cryptids are just undiscovered species or species that yeah. we don't know things about. Or, yep, absolutely. Yeah, we wrote that in the a... beginning of our book too. Because there were there's a whole list of animals that were never discovered until more recently. And you know, the mountain gorilla yeah. and some of the goats, you know, mountain goats and things like that just have or things are washing up in the ocean all the time. Oh gosh, um, the ocean is a scary place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the stuff that's down there it looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. Yeah. But it's real. Yeah, so, it is. Go ahead, Jeff. No, I was going to say, so, like, so we're saying a lot of these are misidentified creatures, but, I mean, how do you put, how do you put, like, goat man into that, you know, the cat, or, or the <laughs> well, werewolf or, you know. Well, goat man, yeah. Or, or the little frog <laughs> people. 
I think it's really hard to say everything is all one answer. You know, that's one thing that you've got all these different aspects of the paranormal. You've got the cryptids and you've got the, the ghost hunters and different things. And I think there's definitely overlap. I mean, we've came across stories that could be more UFO or alien stories, or you've got some of the cryptids could be a crossbreed between different animals, but then how does that explain some of these things from the sea or, you know, so I don't think you can really have one answer for all of it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. definitely. So in the places in, because the Midwest, you don't have oceans, but you have sea monsters. So are they really uh, deep lakes? I mean, are you talking, you know, like the Great Lakes? And or? The Great Lakes. Yep. There were a bunch from the Great Lakes and there were also some really deep, lakes and there was one what was the one just that you worked on where they actually the town during the depression decided to order the harpoon <laughs> to go after their oh gosh that was <laughs> in order the harpoon yeah yes, there's that it was so alkali funny. lake monster alkali yes. lake monster in hay springs nebraska and it is documented in their in their meeting notes that the town came together and they used town funds to purchase the harpoon and a net because they were going to try to capture this thing. And this was really a really well-documented story. It was the Omaha World Herald. Um, and these people were just really tired of this creature scaring away people from They're coming to tourists. their lake. Yeah. yeah, because it was affecting their income. And, and they had so many sightings of it, they were convinced it was out there. So, you know, they formed a posse like they always did back in the day. And I know, there were a lot of posses. They had a lot of torches. And yeah. Yeah. A posse with a harpoon, huh? Yeah, yeah. Right. this possible harpoon. So it's like Jaws or something, you know, where they, you know, yeah. the sharks scaring everybody away from the town. So, yeah. so all right. So they got the harpoon. Did, did the story ever end? Did they get anything? Did they know any? They what happened? They never got it. No, they never, never got it. And and that's just the thing, you know. It's like, how do so many people see this thing and it's isolated in a lake, and then they go out with all the proper equipment and the whole town's there, and they still don't get it. Um, I don't and know. I, think I think the theory, the theory for that one, I think they asked somebody what they thought happened, and the man had a theory that it was living in some underground cave cavern and was able to connect to different lakes or something like that. So. I don't know. I, and some of it, I think, um, you know, the the great mystery of life and and the fact that we're not supposed to understand all this and mm-hmm. and. And that's what makes it kind of fun. You know, if there's if there's a divine being that's in control of everything, I, I sometimes wonder if he pops something creepy in here and there just to get our attention and keep us guessing, you know, like, oh, you think you know it all, right? So, yeah, really. I'll you know. show you, you know, kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And now that poor town has a harpoon on the wall, like the yep. wall or something. They don't know what to do with it now. Or, or some, somebody accidentally harpooned somebody else or something. Yeah. Really. yeah. Boat or something. That you know? happened, actually, the, in one of the Bigfoot stories, the whole posse was out the in the Coho looking for it. And somebody got oh. shot. Shot himself in the dang gun leg. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, these things happen when you play with dangerous weapons, I guess, right? When you form posses. Those posses when you are form a posse. You know, I have never, ever come across any stories out here of posses being formed for paranormal <laughs> creatures. Nope. It must be a Midwest. We like posse. It must be a Midwest. I think it'd be cool. Can I get a torch and bring it with? Yeah. yeah. yeah awesome. <laughs> it's a good visual, you, isn't it? My thing is, do you yes. ever do you guys ever watch the Bigfoot shows though? And I love Never. Like, the fine No? Mm-hmm. I love those yeah. shows. And I, I find myself getting so into them. 
And it's like, I look at my kids and I'm like, do you think they're going to find it? And they're like, mom, if they found it, wouldn't would it be all over the news? Of course they're not going to find it. <laughs> I always liked uh, Destination Truth because that's what they yes. did. Go and try and find stuff like that. And it was, mm-hmm. it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, and they went. They found. They actually found yeah. some stuff that. Oh yeah, like, definitely had weird DNA results and stuff on that show. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. When the, you. They had you the can find a too. scat. You can yeah. Find a yeah. little piece of poopy. <laughs> find some poop. You're all excited. I found some poop. <laughs> <laughs> and they put it in a bag because when I find poop in the woods, the first thing I do is put it in a bag. <laughs> yeah. Hey, honey, look at I got some poop. It's a big foot poop. Well, if my dogs poop in the woods, I put it in a bag. But <laughs> good girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you don't want people confusing it with Bigfoot poo, so you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Because- Monkey weighs all of five pounds. I'm pretty never, sure he wouldn't. Well, maybe that's what happens with Bigfoots. Maybe the other Bigfoot follows the Bigfoot. When he poops, he scoops it up because he's trying to be cleanly. That's why he never finds cat. There you go. Oh, that could be. <laughs> that is why they haven't been captured on any of the, the hunting cameras. They were trap camp. <laughs> there you go. That's your next book, Bigfoot, the Conscientious Creature. There you go. Yeah. Well, let's, let's ask that. We just have a few minutes left. Do you guys have anything planned? other books for the future or where are you going from here? Um, I just had a, a book come out um, about the Haitian earthquake of 2010 and I have another graphic novel that's coming out for young adults um, next fall. And Natalie and I actually have a book series that we're, we've pitched. So we're kind of waiting to hear back from the publisher to see that would be um, a ghost story book, um, a history book basically for middle grade. So third to sixth graders can read about ghost stories and learn history that way. Sweet. That's a great yeah. way to go into history. Yeah. So how about you, Natalie? Anything anything exciting on the horizon other than the, the history ghost stories? I have a few books. I've, uh, I've got two books written in a paranormal series. Uh, and then I've got a young adult book that I wrote that's more magical realism. I wanted to write something that my kids could actually read. <laughs> so... <laughs> I wrote, it's nice I wrote of you. Yeah. Actually, my son is reading it now. Uh, he ran out of books to read, and I handed it to him on the Kindle to read, and he keeps coming up with all the errors. He's like, Mom, oh, no. you forgot to put quotation marks here. So I think that's pretty <laughs> funny. But my agent has both of all of those right now, and so she's working on selling those to a publisher. And um, But I think my next project that I'm going to start is a little more dark based on some of our paranormal stuff that we've done. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to tackle something different. <laughs> cool, you're using you're using the paranormal stuff as inspiration, just like the Absolutely. workshop says. Yeah, Whoa. exactly. It's hard, yeah. it's hard not I to. No, <laughs> just don't do it at midnight. Just don't yeah. do that one at midnight, okay? Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. So, do you have like a um, anything that would be like your dream project that you someday someday I'll do this. Oh gosh! I feel Aren't like I'm living all the do. dream. <laughs> I, I know, feel like all of they, these are my dreams. Aren't they yeah. all dream projects? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just oh, feel yeah. lucky that I get to do this. <laughs> I'm working on some um, TV series stuff, so I think to have those things actually sell would be a dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that that would actually pay some bills, wouldn't it? Yes. 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 <laughs> Well, All right, so uh, let's do this. We've come to the part of the show we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. So, All right. 
tell our listeners where to find you, websites, the name of books, anything you want, really, just shamelessly self-promote. You can eat, you can decide amongst yourself who gets to I'm not like Chuck. I don't. We're really yeah. easy with that. <laughs> we both have a website with our name, and that's it. <laughs> yes, um, we're very I, simple. Yep, NatalieFowler.com and JessicaFreeberg.com. So. And we're both on Facebook, so you can find um, our author pages on there and like those. Um, I'm happy to accept friend requests on my Facebook page. We both do Twitter. Natalie is an awesome tweeter, <laughs> Twitterer. I don't really know the proper terminology. <laughs> She's really got that down. We have Instagram. You're good at the Twitter, are you? Yes. <laughs> I am. Um, I like Twitter. It's how I found my literary agent, actually. Yeah. Really? Yes, um, but we also have everything through our Ghost Stories Inc. page as well, so you can find yep. us there too. And it's iok.com. Yep. Ghoststoriesinc.com. All right, very cool. Well, it's been fun talking to you and learning about the critters of the not critters, the <laughs> monsters of the Midwest. <laughs> thank you guys for coming on. Thanks. Yeah, thank so you much guys for, having for having us. us. That was good fun. All right, good night. Bye. Good night. All right, Cheryl, we're gonna go to break, right? Oh, she's nodding. She's she's yeah. not turning on her microphone. Nope, she's, she's just, just nodding. nodding. Okay, okay, so stick around, guys. Uh, we'll come back with the lightning round. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. Join me at the Big Seance Podcast. I'm Patrick Keller of BigSeance.com, and this is a place for an open discussion on all things paranormal, but specifically topics like ghosts and hauntings, paranormal research, spirit communication, psychics and mediums, and life after death. The candles are already lit, so you might as well come on in and join the Big Seance Podcast. Hey, are you looking for a new paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermis. And me, Manny Vega. We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment. That's right, and you can find out more by going to GetSpooked.net. And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to GetSpooked.net slash YouTube. The Crusaders are commonly thought to have been motivated by the deep Christian faith. Crusades were actually war-inspired by the average of medieval ecclesial leaders who were only searching for total power and control. Well-played mind games which spoke about demonic forces, witchcraft and deadly possessions, many Europeans gave into their fears and bent the truth of an ancient and earthly civilization from their daily lives. It became an unknown world, not seen by the naked eye but capable of possessing your soul and in the worst case even kills you. In order to keep the people away from the truth, it had to be feared forever. 
restoring the voice of our people, we give back what once was stolen from you. Your freedom and thinking, creating and believing. The Source of Immortality, written by Maria Anna van Driel, www.amazon.com So, you're looking for the best in paranormal radio. Well, you just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on MixLR with your hosts, Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. And now, folks, I wish I had like a drum roll. <laughs> it is time for the lightning round. It's time for... The lightning round. All right. So we have a lap full of dogs. Um, and <laughs> they may try to help answer. And Jim has joined us on the big new comfy couch so that he can answer too. And Cheryl, you're in, right? Yes. I'm of course. in. All right. Here <laughs> yeah. we go. So you may have heard in the news that the CIA just released millions of declassified files. Mm-hmm. They're available for viewing on the CIA's website for public viewing. Um, And there's information including all sorts of stuff, such as remote viewing projects, like the men who stare at goats, maybe. Um, And I actually know somebody who was in that project, by the way. And information about UFO sightings. Mm -hmm. So what I want to know is, do you think that there's going to be anything that's a real shocker in there? And what do you think it's going to be, Chuck? Oh, man, like a real shocker? Um, that, yeah, that, that Bigfoot is actually a genetically created beast and nothing that came from the wild. A super soldier-like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cheryl, what do you think? Yeah, I think that they're going to finally admit that aliens are among us, in particular throughout our government. <gasps> Ooh, um, nice ones tonight. Anybody in particular, like... You know, the Secretary of the Interior? I mean, do you, do you, is there someone you suspect of being an alien who's in our government currently? No, not really. But, you know, there's a lot of them, I think. I think so, too. Probably in high-ranking military positions as well. Probably. All right, Jim, what do you think? I think we're finally going to get to find out what the Russians really know about Donald Trump. Okay, there you well. I that's not that's not doesn't it take how many years does it take before they declassify something? Isn't this like all really old stuff? Probably, yeah. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it'll be a shocker for 50 years ago. Okay. Edgar Hoover. Edgar Hoover. There you go. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. So, according to Unexplained Mm. Mysteries, we just had another near miss. Uh, Just yesterday, an asteroid passed between the Earth and the moon. Narrowly avoiding another doomsday. So guess what, guys? We dodged another bullet. Here's what I want to know. When do you think we're finally going to lose out on this cosmic game of dodgeball? Cheryl? Oh, my God. I I would like to say not for a very long time, but I didn't even hear about this near miss. It's it's, it's close. That's close. Close? Holy moly. Um, 
yeah you feel like, isn't it great to be alive are all of your cells vibrating i'm like so happy right now after hearing that oh my god I don't know. Hopefully, I would think we would get some defenses put in place for this kind of thing here soon. Well, yeah. maybe. Right? Yeah. So you have no prediction. You are not going to Nostradamus it today. No. I, I, I think we're going to prepare better here in the near future, and it's just not going to be. Oh. Just, that's not going to be what destroys us. All right, Jim, what do you think? I think uh, we're actually going to shoot nuclear weapons at the next one because at some point Trump's going to violate the... Uh, nuclear proliferation in space treaty so we had this conversation and you weren't here before the show that we weren't going to talk about anything political today i'm sorry i didn't warn you about <laughs> i'm just talking about defense this is you know, so we're going to shoot nuclear weapons at one and we'll yeah, be fine we're going to boost like ballistic nuclear missiles into orbit. Well, he did say in jim's defense why can't we just use the nuclear weapons you know yeah he well, did yeah. say that so okay, it could happen i know all right <laughs> Chuck, you, the other guy. Uh, the other guy. Um, I don't. Uh, I really don't have a prediction of, like the year, but I think that if that were going to happen, we're just. We're, I think it's just going to be where we don't even see it coming. It's just going to. I mean, because but but what interests me is that every time we hear this, it gets. It seems to get closer and closer and closer. Like our near misses become closer. So I don't know. You know, I mean, it could be next year. Who knows? You know. We're getting better at throwing those dodgeballs. Mm-hmm. All right. According to fizz.org, Japanese researchers have warned that thieves can now acquire your fingerprints from a photo. So, like, if you have a peace sign in a photo or something, uh, the pixelation or whatever it is is so good now. The photos are so clear Great. that they can steal your fingerprints. And so this is presenting a new opportunity for identity thieves because, you know, people use thumbprints for things and stuff. So I don't have a problem because I have no fingerprints. Okay. So that's true. I'm not. I'm not joking about that. I can't. Like we have the what's it called on the safe? On the our biometric, safe? biometric. We have safe. biometric safe. It doesn't, I, work, it for doesn't work for me. I okay. have when I went to get my fingerprints taken for when I was becoming a guardian ad litem, and for when I was going to get my uh, concealed carry permit too. Like, yeah, she Nothing? had no Fortunately, I knew somebody at the police department, and so they just they just cleared me. How do you have no fingerprints? Yeah, some secret I, life you want to talk about? Uh, I'm a writer. I played the piano for years. I played musical instruments for years. I think I just wore them down. Either that or I glued my fingers together with super glue one too many times. Oh, anyway, my God. So I'm not in jeopardy, but here's what I want to know. If you could steal somebody's p- fingerprints, what would you use them for, Jim? Oh, total frame-ups. You would frame people. Yeah. All right. People that have it coming. All right. What would you do, Chuck? Oh, I'd be getting some money somewhere. Getting You'd some be- money somewhere. For somebody's, like, for their bank. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Boop, and then rich. All right, Cheryl. I think I'd be I'd be getting the uh, the, the government's fingerprints so I could get some inside scoops on Ooh, some more classified I- info. Get into Roswell or something. <laughs> yeah. Some of that classified. I don't want to know classified then info I'd... from these. I want to know classified info from now. Yeah, stuff we need to I'm know. Sorry. You, hear, you hear a rumbling noise? The cat is currently nuzzling the computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's All right. Yes. Cheryl, this is the one I promised you. Okay. Gizmodo reports that scientists have turned mice into zombie killers. Oh, dear. What? Right. The mice could be commanded to hunt down and kill a target by using flashlights, flashing lights. So they would like flashlight and the, the mouse would okay. jump on its target, right? 
Uh, this is what the guy, one of the researchers, he said. He said, we'd turn on the laser and they'd jump on an object, hold it with their paws, and intensively bite it as if they were trying to capture and kill it. Ew. That is horrifying. Right? Oh, so God. If you turn a critter into a zombie killer, which critter would it be and what would you have it kill, Cheryl? No, none. None. <laughs> I know like a zombie killing kitten would be adorably horrifying or something. I mean, I guess if I had to pick one and it was coming after me, I'd pick like a kitten because then at least it's a little bit easier, you know, to to be attacked by a cute little kitten. I don't know. <laughs> I I just say no. I don't. I don't want to answer. And what would you turn into a zombie killer? And what I would, would you turn have I would turn ladybugs into zombie killers, and I'd send them after killer bees, just for the irony. <laughs> Oh, very good, Chuck. Oh dear, like you know, like, like female deers, you know. So when there are people out there hunting them down, and stuff they have like a, at least a they fighting chance. Back. Yeah, they get chew back. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Zombie deers. Think about it. I think that zombie killer slugs would be interesting. <laughs> Ooh. Oh yeah, I mean, they okay, would. Okay, that's a good one. I could get away from slugs. Yeah, zombie killer slugs. They wouldn't be very fast. Yeah. <laughs> but they might like kill. I don't know annoying things that might like term. Maybe they would kill termites or something. Or like ants. Ants. Yeah. Or this cat in my lap. Fire ant or the cat. <laughs> she's very. She's she's. Jim calls it Kitty's sexy time. She gets very very lovely. Very yes. very amorous in the evenings. <laughs> um, all right. So we we're going from Cheryl's worst nightmare zombies to mine. So this is from New Scientist, and they report that vampire bats. Have now acquired a taste for human blood. Oh God! In the past, they feasted on the blood of birds, and actually, you know what they go for in the blood? It's the fat. The fat. Yeah. Um. So and so and they would in the past they would choose to starve rather than consume mammal blood, but that's not any longer. Now, where would they get the taste for mammal blood, do you think, too? A Lucille. Yeah, a Lucille. But uh, anyway, bats in Brazil are showing signs of seeking mammal blood, particularly from humans. So I one time made my family sleep in a tent in the living room for a week because I'm so <laughs> afraid of bats. There was one in the house at the time. So I have a two-part question. All First right. of all, are bats creepy and terrifying or adorable little flying kittens and is there a particular critter that would cause you to make your family sleep in a tent in the living room for a week if it was in your house uh jim you're first let's see uh i think they're adorable flying little rodents okay what they really are and uh the only particular critter that would make me sleep in a tent would be chupacabra's american cousin the chalupacabra <laughs> the chalupacabra <laughs> it's actually made with mangy coyote meat (laughs) chuck oh my god well uh as far as bats are concerned they don't really freak me out i mean they're i think they're kind of i think they're kind of ugly to be honest with you but i mean i'm not afraid of them or anything like that they don't seem creepy to me so but i wouldn't want one you know flying on my hair either but um and as far as like a like a like a creature that would I, I think snakes for me like you would I just, see, so if you had a snake in the house you would oh I'd be somewhere yeah I would not be laying anywhere where they could get to me yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're pretty sure and with the tent zipped up they probably couldn't get in but they could climb up onto that bed man I know oh hell yeah get right in yeah. there or it's nice and warm underneath the blankies no yeah. oh. not happening imagine waking up to that wrapping around holy your legs. crap no. <laughs> 
Oh, thank you. Okay, Cheryl, what do you think? Yeah, I'm creepy. with you. Creepy, creepy and terrifying. Bats are All creepy right. and terrifying. I mean, they suck your blood. I mean, that's not good. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, pretty right. much. Yeah. Chuck took my answer, so instead of saying a snake would drive me into a tent to escape, I would say if black-eyed kids snuck in somehow, I would go to my tent. Yeah, but how would they get it? How, how would you keep them out of your tent? <laughs> Put the I, cookies and milk on the know, outside. You have to let them in, right? <laughs> like, you have to say they can come in. So, if I didn't well, let them, them in your house, you my, think that they can come in? Like, rules about your tent. My tent has a door. I can zip it up. If I don't let, if I don't give them permission, they can't come in. <laughs> yeah, what thing is, as soon as you let them in your house, yeah. you would be dead anyway. That's true. Ooh. I wouldn't even get to the tent. That's why you better make sure you have like a bag of chips ahoy so you can just hand them off and run. The only problem is they would probably stick around for a while and I don't have a bathroom in my tent. That would that would get dicey. Well, we would get out. We would come out during the day and stuff when the bat was yeah. in there. And really, the guy, we finally called an animal control guy out here and he came and he went through the whole house and he said, you know what? It probably snuck out the same way it came in the same day. Bye, we slept. <laughs> And even then, even after he left and there was no sign of it and all of that, I still then slept in the bedroom with the covers up over my head because oh I didn't want to bite me while I was asleep. Yeah. I finally cornered it in the garage with a racquetball racket. That was a different, that was a different. And reign of terror. That was a different. <laughs> and then, of course, we've told you the bat and mosquito story. That was so flat bat. We don't need to tell you that one again. So, yes, I have, let's say I have an unnatural fear of bats, and we live in the woods and bats sneak into our house. Uh, about once every couple of years, we get a bat in the house, probably. Wow. Really? I'll tell you about. Wow. Oh, seriously? No. Oh. <laughs> well, I was home, maybe about a year and a half ago, I looked down into Jim's, um, where he had his computer and stuff, and I looked up at the, I just looked down the hall, and I saw this weird thing hanging from the, smoke detector and i thought what the hell and i walked in and i looked up it was a bat and i was like ah! i ran out and slammed the door and she was like going and open the windows i'm like i'm not going in there <laughs> what if i did and i went back in there and there were like eight of them that's what oh Jim yeah eyeballing you as soon as oh, you came out there she is get her and then one time the cat brought one in she came running in the house with something in her mouth and she dropped it and it flew off and i was like Shh. That's a bat. And then one time we were just sitting here and something came flying through. Jim's like, oh, there's a bird in the house. I was like, no, it's a bat. <laughs> I don't think I've ever got a bat, had a bat come in my house that I've known. Mm -mm. No. Okay. And we have blackberry bushes. You know, they eat mosquitoes. And we have blackberry bushes oh. all along the front of the house. And so there's lots of little skeeters and stuff down mm -hmm. in those blackberries. So we live in, I mean, we live in a place that's, and I don't want to kill bats or anything. I mean, I, you know, I understand that they're valuable and stuff. They're just terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's like a bat smorgasbord by your house then. And now always, they're coming for you, Karen, because they like human blood. Da, da, da. I know, but those are vampire bats. We don't have those. Those are down oh, in like South America. Okay, phew. I mean, we but hope. they could be like the killer bees. You know, you hear the killer bees are coming up from the mm -hmm. south every year. So they could be like the killer bees, and every year they're getting closer and closer and closer. Mm -hmm. Sure. Or someone gets one for a pet and then lets it loose, and <clears throat> there you go. Start procreating, and they're everywhere. Well, I am not going to have a vampire <laughs> bat. I have heard people, by the way, you know, you say the bats in your hair is like mm -hmm. one of your fears, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, I would like. People, my, my friend Leslie is um, a biologist. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. And she was doing some kind of study with bats and had bats get in her hair. And she said, oh. you just hold still. And then uh, somebody does something. I put a bag over your head or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. A bag over your head so they can fly around smack you in the There's face. Nothing better than trapped <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> then I would be screaming like a girl, yes. It was like smacking me in the face. You're on fire. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know what the bats, the freaky bats are those fruit bats because they're huge. They're like, yeah. they're gigantic, man. I mean, they're, they're not yeah, like, they're like flying foxes. I mean, yes. they aren't that what they're called. They're flying yeah. foxes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, what, what's a furry little rodent with a four foot wingspan? Why sweat it? What if it? Yeah, like, like, people could just see the faces of these two right now. It's just yeah. Oh, and now I'm going to have to go to bed soon. And there you go. You're gonna well do some bats. Nightmares. We're we're pitching the tent tonight, baby. You crawl under there, you get what's coming to you. All right. So we don't have a correspondent report tonight, right? We do not. No. All right, so do we have anything else we need to talk about next week? Any business? Yeah, next week we will be talking to, and that's January 26th, we will be talking to Gavin Kelly and Paula Purcell of Phantasmic Ghost Hunters. Ooh, Phantasmic. I like that name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and an interesting note, Gavin was, well, he is also a singer, and I believe he made it to the regional finals of Nashville Star, the TV show. Really? I've never heard of that show, but I'm sure it's like American Idol for country singers. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know if it's still on, but I watched the first couple seasons. I think maybe it had more after that, but yeah. Hmm. Well, very cool. All right. Well, that will be exciting. Okay. And just a reminder, live show, we're going to continue with the live show through February 9th. That'll be our last show. Um, We hope that you will join us for those shows and then stick around and listen and watch for podcasts because they will be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're popping up. So we're ending early because we're out of stuff to say. <laughs> Unless we want to talk about that some more. And I think I've, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we're done now. We're done yeah. with the bats and sticking yeah, in your hair he, and he's snakes. terrified and... Cheryl with zombie mice and me with bats. It's all yeah. good, right? And I did that to myself because. You're going to be needing some company tonight, baby? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to be hiding under the cover. I just saw you look really fast to the left. Is he messing with you? What's going- <laughs> he put his hand on my shoulder and made me think it was a bat for a minute. So, at first, when you were talking about the zombie mice, too, it was funny because you said flashlights. I was thinking about these little mice are running around, like, smacking people with the flashlights. Like, what kind of story is that? No, no, no. They flash yeah, a light. They flash the lights. Yeah, that's, no, yeah. that's, that's like Willard or Ben. That's That's bad. That's bad. Well, okay, so there you go. Food for thought, everyone. Uh, Thank you for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a good night. Good night. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right. It could just be something paranormal.